What if I told you God calls his people to count? Of all the things that he could ask us to do to worship him. And this time he asks his people to simply count. He asks of us to within the time between the festival of Passover and the festival of Pentecost, also known as Shavuot in the Hebrew, in that period, he asks of us to count every single day. But why? What is it that the Father wants us to see in this time that he commands us to count down to it? You see, we read about this in Leviticus. Leviticus 23 verse 15 states, And from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, you shall count for yourselves seven completed Sabbaths. Until the morrow after the seventh Sabbath, you count 50 days. Then you shall bring a new grain offering to Yahweh. Now for us to understand the significance of this countdown, we need to understand what the feast we are counting down to represents. You see, the festival of Shavuot or Pentecost really has two major historical events that we need to know of. Two major well-known events in itself. And these events are number one, when Israel, they were at Passover in Egypt and they pointed their doors with the blood of the lamb. And as they did this, they left Egypt and they came and the Torah or the law of God was given to them on Mount Sinai on the festival of Shavuot. The second occurrence in history is also at the occurrence of Passover, when the perfect lamb was crucified for the sins of the world. In the midst, we have the disciples there. They first when initially when he was crucified, they when they hid everywhere, they they hided in the villages and they didn't want to show themselves because they thought that they have lost. They thought they made a big mistake to follow Yeshua. That's why like Peter denied him. But then Yeshua appears to them and 50 days after Passover, we have the festival of Shavuot once again. And now not the Torah is given, but rather this time the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God is poured out on the people. And we read about how they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And so this feast of the counting of the Omer is really a countdown to Shavuot. It is the counting down to this great feast that represents both the giving of the truth, the Torah of God on Mount Sinai to Israel, as well as the giving of the spirit, the Holy Spirit to in, in Jerusalem when it happened in the temple. And so we have this great remembrance, this memorial of what happened. But brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that that is what is only supposed to be a memorial. Because see, sometimes we see our relationship with God as a chess game. 
We see our relationship with him as we make a move, God makes a move. We make a move, God makes a move. We make a move and he makes a move. And sometimes we leave the move up to him for a little too long. And what I really mean by that is God has given us his truth, his Torah. He has given it to us thousands of years ago on Mount Sinai, the fullness of his truth and his word. And then he came and he sent his son to walk it out perfectly. And Yeshua came and he walked out the law perfectly, he never failed. He never made a mistake. Perfect. He was sinless, a perfect lamb eligible for a sacrifice for us to take our sins upon him. But then secondly, what he did was he also gave us his spirit. About 2000 years ago, he has he poured out his Holy Spirit upon his people, the fullness of his spirit, not just a little bit of it and saving a little bit of it for later. No, he gave the fullness of it. And he also gave us the example of Yeshua, because remember at his baptism, at Jesus's baptism, John baptized him. He came out of the water. And what happened? The dove is descended upon Yeshua and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. And thereafter, he was sent into the wilderness. But now see. Here's the picture. We've received it all. We've received the truth. We've received the spirit. We've received everything to be able to, to be equipped to walk as he walked. We have no more excuse. So why is it so often that we are, we, we, or we are expectant of God to come and do this great move? And we wait for him to make this great move of the spirit. We will often say, oh, Lord, come and we, 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 we await your move of the spirit. We await for you to come and do, bring a new revival. And brothers and sisters, I'm not against praying and asking God for a revival. Let this video be a call to revival. But what I'm asking you this is this. Could it be that we are playing a chess game with God and we think it's God's move while in reality, it's ours. What if God made his move 2000 years ago, his last move? His last move was made when he poured out his Holy Spirit upon us. But what if it's our turn to move? But we don't see it. We, we're still waiting on him. We thank God you need to do it. But he's really saying, I'm waiting for you to do it. Stop crying out for revival and be revival. That's what the Lord said. You see, brothers and sisters, God made a crazy move 2000 years ago when he poured out his spirit. But since then, we have allowed the enemy to come and quench our fires. We have allowed to be in a Christianity or a belief which has been quenching the spirit of God or quenching his truth. One side or the other, we're quenching one thing or the other. And the enemy has always been up to that. He's always, always trying to either get rid of the law of God or get rid of the spirit because you can't, but you, because if you separate the two, which you can't really do, but if you try and do it, you really are dead on both sides. You can't have the truth without the empowerment of the spirit of God. And you can't have the spirit of God without the foundation truth that has to carry it. And so God says, I have given you everything you need 
to walk as my son. So why are you still waiting on me to do it? You see, brothers and sisters, we need to stop asking God, come God, come God, do it, do it, do it. And we need to start walking it out more. You see, it's a problem when we're always counting down to the next thing. We're always asking for God to do the next thing while we never lift a finger and we never do a thing. You see, then we're like a Pharisee who keeps a feast every year and we're asking God at these feasts every year. Oh, God, come and bring a revival. Oh, God, come and pour out your spirit. Oh, God, come and do your thing. Yet we never do anything ourselves. And like I say, don't get me wrong. I'm not against crying out to God and asking him to do something. I pray it every day. But the problem is, is when we pray that, but not do anything on our own. And see, it's interesting because when we read on after this instruction that was given in Leviticus of the counting of the Omer, just a few verses onwards, we read the following Leviticus 23 verse 22. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not completely reap the corners of your field when you reap and do not gather any gleaning from your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am Yahweh, your God. Why is it? That a few verses after giving the instruction, the counting of the Omer, God is alluding to this instruction of giving our, uh, leaving our fields open at the corner of our fields so that the poor might glean from it. I want to submit to you there's a deep spiritual lesson here and he wants us to see. And that is that the counting of the Omer and the going out and bringing the good news to the poor, it's an interconnected event. The counting of the Omer in that feast is connected to sharing the gospel. In Luke 4, we read about how Yeshua comes and he speaks in the synagogue and he says, God has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. And we know that this whole thing, when when you look at the ministry of Yeshua, his ministry was giving to the poor, ministering to the poor. That was his primary audience. He was always around the brokenhearted, the poor in spirit, the poor in many, whatever, whichever way, the poor of the world. And God, and he did this, how? By the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So God is really by the saying, don't just count down to something. Don't just count down to this festival, this event of Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit was poured out. Be what you are counting down to. Be that person which is filled with the Holy Spirit. Because see, brothers and sisters, don't be like someone who counts down to something that has happened 2000 years ago. And I'm not talking I'm not talking against keeping the commandment and counting. I am talking about in our personal lives. Let's not wait for God to do something when he has already done it. Let's not ask God. Let's not say next year, God, next year, God, next year, God, I'll walk in your spirit next year, God, I'll do this. Next year, I'm counting down to next year. Lord, you can do this. No, God says today is the day that you do what I have done 2000 years ago. Today is the day that you come and you walk in the spirit that I poured out 2000 years ago. Brothers and sisters, and it's as easy as going on your knees and saying, Father, today you need to make me more like you. And this is why Paul the Apostle was successful. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 1. And when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with an excellence of speech or wisdom, proclaiming to you the witness of God. For I resolved to not know any matter among you except Yeshua the Messiah and him impaled. 
And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my word and my preaching were not with persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, in order that your belief should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul says, I did not come to you with excellent words and the wisdom of men. I came to you with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Brother sister, do you understand what this means and the implications of this? Paul was a Torah scholar. He understood the truth side of things from A to Z. He had the whole book memorized. Yet he is coming to us and saying, hey, that's not what I brought to you. That's not the main thing. I came with a demonstration of the spirit and that is what you put your belief in. Brothers and sisters, let me say something controversial right now. It is not enough to just have the truth. It's not enough to just have the Torah. It's not enough to just have that. The Pharisees had that. The Orthodox Jews have that today. They keep it well, way better than most of us. The letter of the law. It's not enough. Because if it was enough, we never would have needed Messiah. But we do need him. And without him, we are eternally down. We have no access to the Father. We can't come near him. But see, we need the spirit with the law, because if you don't have the spirit, you can't keep it. You can't love. And that's what the law hangs off. Love God, love your neighbor. You can't love without the Holy Spirit. And you say, no, Peter, you know, if you just keep the commandments, you love by automatically. Man, if your heart is not changed, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, that changes your heart, takes out that heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh then you can't keep the commandments the way that God ever intended it. You can keep it in some weird way that is void of love, but you can't keep it without the Holy Spirit. God says you need to now be filled. You need to be enabled by my spirit to keep it. And Paul understood this. He says, I knew not. I came to you as if I knew nothing except Yeshua and him impaled. You see, brothers and sisters, Paul understood that Knowing how to keep a Sabbath or or isn't going to set a drug addict free. Teaching someone the law of God on the Sabbath, every synagogue wasn't what was going to set the alcoholic and the adulterer and the prostitute free from their sins and bondage. Slavery is not the bondage cannot be broken by just putting a rule book on the table in front of someone. It cannot happen. And that is why you need the Holy Spirit, because you are lost and in bondage and without him unlocking it. And it's only the Holy Spirit that has the key to that. Without him unlocking it, you can't get free. And if you don't have him, you can't set anyone else free. You can't bring freedom to anyone else through Yeshua without the empowerment of God. And that's why we have so many fellowships who just teach the word of God. Yeah, they teach the Bible, they teach the Torah and all that, but they're dead inside and the people are dead inside because they just have the word, but they're not filled with the spirit. And you say, PD, how it can't be when you are have salvation, you're automatically filled with the spirit. I'm not telling you it's not always like that. When the disciples were in the counting of the Omer, they didn't have the spirit yet. And they hide, hid away and they were afraid and they denied Yeshua. They did all kinds of crazy stuff. 
They had salvation. They had the Passover lamb that was crucified for them. They had the blood over their doorposts, if you will. But they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. For a whole 50 days they had Yeshua, but they didn't have the Spirit. But brothers and sisters, today I profess to you that you don't have the same excuse. You can't go and say, oh Yeshua, I don't don't have your Spirit. I have you. Thank you. No, God, Yeshua has died for you to receive His Spirit. He said, I am going. And because I go, it is a good thing because I am sending a Holy Spirit. That means one of the primary purposes of Him leaving is for you to receive the Holy Spirit. It's not just for you to get into heaven, not just for you to die, for you to be able to be free from sin, but it's so you can get heaven inside of you to live for him. You see, brothers and sisters, if you don't have that inside of you, you will never have the boldness you need to be able to walk like Yeshua really did. I tell you that if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you will never be able to keep the law. You will never be able to be free. You will always be in bondage to something. And Paul ends what he said, and he said, and I do, I do all this. I did the demonstration of the spirit and empower so that your belief may not just rest in the wisdom of men. So that your faith is not just in a man who teaches from the Torah every Sabbath. Or someone who reads from a Bible that your faith is not based in Paul or in your pastor or in whichever man. But your, your faith is rather placed in Yeshua directly because you saw with your own eyes how he has set you free from the change of bondage you're in. Set someone else free and that how he has worked powerfully through a minister such as Paul. That's why, brothers and sisters, if we want to be effective ministers of the gospel, we need to move in the Holy Spirit and empower you see, you ask, how can we see this truth that we have, this, this, the, the commandments of God, the, the instructions of the Father? We, we try and live in that. We need to teach that to the world because he says Matthew, in Matthew 5, Yeshua, Jesus says, those who will be great in the kingdom of heaven will be those who teach my, and do my Father's commandments. Now, the only way, brothers and sisters, listen to me. The only way for you to effectively teach and do your Father's commandments is by being filled with the same spirit that Yeshua was while he did and taught his Father's commandments. Because, see, they need to see the power. They need to see the love. They need to see spiritual giftings. They need to see people being set free. Because then they can have, put, have something to put a faith in. And then they can receive the instructions on how to live. You see, brothers and sisters, we stand here today. And Yeshua has died and he has resurrected. And he has brought forth the good news. It's the most beautiful gift we can receive. And we cannot be like the disciples. Who were, they, they had their sacrifice, but they were without the spirit in the days of the counting of the Omer. And he calls us, he says, I have given you everything. You will not be like my disciples who hid in their homes when I was on the cross. You will go out into the world because you have received the spirit and you will proclaim the truth while I for of my death. You see, brothers and sisters. When he, when he, we need to go and proclaim what he was doing on that cross, not hide in our homes. And oftentimes we say, like, this is what I'm talking about. We're saying, yes, we're counting down to this counting of the armor. Yes, God, come, Lord. We, we want you to, we're counting down, Lord. You need to bring this revival. The whole point of the counting of the armor is for you to be the revival, for you to be the one who goes out while he was hanging on the cross. Not like the disciples who hide in their 
homes while he's on the cross. You need to go out there and proclaim the truth, the salvation who that has set you free. How can you afford to sit in your home while you've been given this truth? Well, how can you keep it to yourself? Yet we say, oh God, yes, but you didn't baptize me in the Holy Spirit. So I can't do anything. You need to stop waiting for God to make the move because the move is in your court. It's time for you to get on your knees and say, oh, Father, you need to make me more like you. You need to change me. You need to fill me with your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit. You need to do this because, Father, I need to see what I saw in the life of Yeshua in my life. I need to see the demon leave. I need to see the healing come. I need to see the drug addict repent and be free from his addiction the moment I touch him. I need to see people get healed from my shadow. I need to see the alcoholic throw away his alcohol the moment he sees me because your Holy Spirit burns so brightly in my eyes that there is nothing else they could do. And the demons would tremble when I walk into a room and you say, bro, PD, you're, you're being prideful. I say, no, I'm being confident in what God wants us to walk in. He wants us to walk in such in the power that Yeshua walked in and his disciples walked in and they saw these things that I just mentioned. And you say, no, no, that's just that's just a gift for some people. I tell you, have you ever seen freedom come by your hands? And if not, brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to put guilt on us. I'm trying to encourage us to say, Father, you need to pour your spirit on us. You need to come to God and you need to ask him to do it. Don't let this pass you by. This is a feast and a time for this to happen. Don't wait until next year because the counting of the Omer may not come next year for you. You may not be around next year. We may not be around next year. We don't know what's going to happen. Let this not be your last shot and you miss it. This must be the year in your life. This must be the counting of the Omer of your life. The final counting of the Omer where you will never again count down to the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on your life. But you will put your foot down and say, Father, this year it is all or nothing. This year I must receive it. Because that is what it takes for you to receive it. You see, the Father is not one who does not give to his children when they truly knock. You see, scripture doesn't just say you need to knock and, and then the door is opened. Scripture actually gives us an example. Yeshua teaches us that we are to be as one who realizes that we have someone who is visiting our home, but we realize that we don't have bread to feed them. So we run down to our neighbor and we go to our neighbor door and we and we, we knock on the door and we open, we ask, neighbor, neighbor, please, please open the door. Open the door, neighbor. We need the bread. Please, please give me some bread so I can, I have guests that are coming. A guest is coming. Please give me some bread. And the neighbor doesn't open. But you keep knocking. You say, neighbor, please, it is important. This guest of mine is an important guest. Please open the door. And then suddenly your neighbor, he, he, he's awoken from his sleep. And he comes down slowly because you just keep knocking and you don't want to stop knocking. And he opens the door and he says, yes, what is it? He said, please give me the bread that I can make. Just, just borrow me some bread. And he's like, oh, sure, my brother. And he, your neighbor, he gives you the bread. And you take the bread and you take it into your home. And your bread is now suddenly prepared for your guest. Brothers and sisters, that guest is God. That, is, that guest is the Aleph Tav who will visit your home. But you must knock 
on your neighbor's door. You must knock for the Holy Spirit, that which is the bread. You must knock until it is opened to you. You cannot knock once or twice and say, oh, well, I guess it wasn't God's will. Oh, I guess that's not how it works. You need to beg him. You need to ask him, Father, you must make me like you. Because if you don't truly beg from your heart, if you don't have a heart that is all poured out to him, that is crying out to him, then you're not being sincere enough and you don't want it. Brothers and sisters, you know, sometimes we can ask of a heart that doesn't really want what we ask for. Sometimes we just ask because we feel like it's a checklist. Sometimes we ask because we think that, oh, okay, we've asked. God didn't want to give it up to us. Oh, well, I guess that's okay. No. God calls you in this counting of the over season to knock and ask with a true heart that is humble and that desires of all your being to be filled with his spirit. Because when you ask with that heart, I tell you and I profess to you that it will be poured out over you. I profess to you that it that your works won't keep the spirit away. I profess to you that there's the lies of the enemy. You see, sometimes the enemy comes to us and he, t- he tells us, you're too dirty. You're not doing enough. You don't have enough good works. You can't have a spirit. You can't be w- walking in power. And we think that the better we are and the more sin we, when we one day in a few years, when we get rid of all these sins, we still struggle with, then he, he'll work through us. Brothers and sisters, I tell you that if you're waiting for the day until you're going to be perfect, you're never going to you're never going to be able to receive a spirit. But if you understand and believe that he gives it without payment, that he gives it because he sees you through the blood of his son and he sees you as clean. That's why his Holy Spirit can even come near us. You see, brother, sister, that's why Yeshua had to first die before the Holy Spirit was poured out. Because if he didn't die, then we didn't have the sacrifice that cleanses us. Therefore, the Holy Spirit can come near us. Remember when God told Israel, he says, don't come on this mountain, because if you come near the mountain, you will die. But now we have a sacrifice. Yeshua has died. He has died and resurrected and we have a sacrifice. That is why the Holy Spirit can come near. And I want to submit to you that it doesn't just not just that he can come near. He wants to come near. He wants to visit you and he wants to have an intimate close relationship with you where he brother sisters he's my best friend and he can he can there's a place where you can live where he dwells with you and he's with you all the time he doesn't leave he's speaking he's he's in you he's through you he's with you and he touches people he makes people set free through you all the time because you're in communion with him, you're in intimacy with him, you understand he's there, you believe he's there, and you walk with him. But the moment you start doubting him, you know, that's when he can't move through you because that's when your flesh gets in the way. And you ask, PD, why are you even talking about this? We're talking about the counting of the Omer. How did you get here? Well, we must this year count the Omer as every year, as a memorial unto the pouring out of his truth on Mount Sinai and the pouring out of his spirit on Mount Zion. While we must remember these things, we must even close more closely keep the counting of the Omer in our hearts and look at are we actually keeping the things that he has poured out for us? Are we actually living out what we are counting down to every year? Because that's what this feast is for, is to remind us, don't forget about my truth. Don't forget about my spirit. 
because that is what I died for you to receive. That is what it makes up the image and the fullness of Yeshua's walk. And brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that many of us, we may have walked powerfully in the truth one at some point, or we may walk, walk powerfully in the spirit. And, but sometimes we allow the enemy to come and put our fire out. And so I want to submit to you that, you know, if you have been neglecting the spreading of the gospel, if you have been like the disciples who just hid in their homes after he was crucified, instead of coming out to proclaim the good news, it's a good time to repent today. It's a good time to come and say, Father, I repent and I want to be more like you. I want you to fill me with your spirit. I want you to fill me with your truth. Equip me with everything I need to do to proclaim your gospel. And if you maybe you're far went out in terms of the truth, maybe you've gone astray. Maybe you fall into lawlessness or in sin. The same way God calls us in this counting of the Omer, this count down to where the truth was given a few thousand years ago. He's telling us it's time you can repent. There's time for you to repent from your lawlessness and return to the truth which was given on Mount Zion. Brothers and sisters, it is time for us to return to that which was given from the beginning. Because see, while we are talking about how the truth was given on Mount Sinai and how the spur was given while later on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, this all was around from Genesis, from the way beginning. We have the spirit that hovered over the water. And we also read in John 1 how the word was in the beginning and the word was with God and the word was God. In other words, the truth, the word and the spirit, it's always been there from the beginning. It's been the design, the, the purpose of God for us to walk in it, in, even in the garden. That was what Adam and Eve had to walk in, but they failed. But today we sit with the biggest responsibility and opportunity and privilege of anyone else of most generations before us. Because we are standing at a place today where God is pouring out a revelation of how true his truth is. That his truth is applicable and important for us, but also a revelation of how we need to go back to the book of Acts and the way that the disciples lived with this understanding and the knowledge that this is how we are to walk. You have more knowledge and understanding than many generations before you. Do you understand that? And then do you understand that there is a great responsibility that follows that? And, you know, many times I've asked God, why, Lord, have you? Have you given me, put me in this generation, give me the privilege to understand these things? And he realized that I need to stop asking that question and start living it out more. That's what God desires. I don't know why. Why, why, why? There are many questions. Why us? Why has God chosen us? But I know this, that he desires us to walk it out as a testimony to the nations. Don't let this pass you by. Be the testimony, be the Yeshua to your neighbor, be the love, be the kindness, be the sincerity, be the, the sacrifice, be the set apartness, the holiness, be the humility, be Yeshua to someone, be love. And if you have the truth and you have the spirit that enables you to walk in the truth, and you go and you go and profess, proclaim this truth to others, then you will accomplish 
and you will hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have accomplished so much with the gift that I have given you. Go and enter the kingdom of my father. That's what Yeshua will one day say. So let us run after those words. And so, Father, I just come to you today, Lord, and I ask, we ask, Lord, come. Come with a move of your Ruach. Come and set people free with a mighty move, Father. Lord, I ask, Father, for this counting of the Omer be different from all before it. Lord, let this be a time where you come and you truly restore the fullness of your Torah, your commandments, all of them, as well as the fullness of your spirit and the spiritual gifts, all of them, and all the power and the might that comes with your spirit. So that we, like Moses, can split seas and so that we, like Peter, will walk on water. Father, come, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would come and enable us and give us boldness to take this thing to the nations, to proclaim that what you have done for us on the cross, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for this privilege, and we ask for you to be with us until the end of the age. We pray this name, Yeshua. Amen. Please consider also sharing this video and subscribing to this YouTube channel. We a special thank you and shout out to the patrons of this YouTube channel who has made this video possible. Have an amazing day and we'll see you guys in the next video. Blessings and Shalom.